We got the latest and greatest on Afghanistan, and it's, it's actually gotten worse. It's not good. Also, FDA, they've approved the vaccine. Why did they do that? I'll tell you tonight on I'm Right. David. John, were you being uh, <clears throat> deliberately vague when you uh, said the number of Americans was several thousand, or was it <clears throat> because you're not sure of the number? I think I'm just going to leave it at several thousand right now, Dave. Well, then tell us why. Because I think uh, the number is very fluid, um, and it literally changes nearly by the hour. It's not more fluid than, than these 11,000, 37,000. I'm going to leave it at several thousand right now. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> what? I, I don't mean to laugh, but what? The number's fluid? It changes. Okay, we have a country. The problem right now is we have thousands and thousands, clearly over 10,000 American civilians in that country. That country is mostly controlled by a barbarian horde. We need to get the American civilians out of that country. This is not fluid. Those are facts. But again, Mr. Producer, in a second, I'm going to want you to play this again. Doesn't this remind you of a conversation you'd have with your wife if you went golfing with your buddies and had too many beers? Or a conversation your kid would have with you if they, if they accidentally broke something and didn't want to tell you about it? I mean, the situation's fluid. I mean, we don't have to... Look, there are a lot of ins, a lot of outs. We don't have to go into that. <laughs> Listen to this again. David. John, were you being uh, <clears throat> deliberately vague when you uh, said the number of Americans was several thousand, or was it <clears throat> because you're not sure of the number? I, I think I'm just going to leave it at several thousand right now, Dave. Well, then tell us why. Because I think uh, the number is very fluid, um, and it literally changes nearly by the hour. It's not more fluid than, than these 11,000, 37,000. I'm going to leave it several thousand right now. <laughs> That's not an answer. This is part of the reason why Joe Biden's job approval rating is in free fall. What's going on? Okay, they bungled the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Uh, clearly. All right, clearly. Look. It's a huge scandal. It's a huge foreign policy embarrassment. Yes, it's all those things. We've covered all that before. We know all that. Let's set that aside. That's in the past. We can't undo that. They screwed up every part of the withdrawal. We left our American civilians there. We left billions of dollars of our equipment there. It's now in the hands of the Taliban. All that sucks. All right? You screwed up. You spilled the milk. Okay, we can't unspill the milk. We got to figure out how to clean it up now. And we can't get straight answers. Not from anybody. We still have civilians there, lots of them, American citizens. And let me clear something up right now. American citizens come first for America. That's how nations should run. Doesn't mean you can't care about other people. Doesn't mean you can't help people out. Doesn't mean you can't do smart things. But Mexicans' citizens should be number one for the Mexican government. Canadian citizens should be number one for the Canadian government. German citizens number one for the German government. So on and so forth. We elect these people. It's their job to worry about us first. American citizens first and foremost. And not only are our people not able to get out right now, 
The situation around the airport, the one place of the country we still control, is so chaotic. The U.S. Embassy, they're advising Americans, uh, don't even try to get there. Hey, you know how the airport's the only way out? And you know how we said we're not coming out to get you? You have to get to the airport on your own? We're going to take all that back. Don't even attempt to get to the airport on your own. The American people right now have no faith in their government. And they shouldn't. You can't get a straight answer on anything. It doesn't look like they're even slightly interested in improving how we look in front of the world and improving the situation in Afghanistan. Each and everything we see out of Afghanistan right now, out of our president, out of our administration, it all looks political. And you see, that's the problem. It all looks political. And it all is political. Remember what I've told you? We've been talking about this for a while. What are the three characteristics the people share who control all of your cultural institutions and most definitely the people currently running America? What do they share? Three characteristics. You probably know them by now. One, first and foremost, there's no love of country. There's no patriotism. Oftentimes they hate the country, but you have to understand if you want to get these decisions, there's no love of country. Two, What's number two? Everybody knows number two by this point in time. They've resided only in the world of academia. So they they don't understand the real world. They think things have changed. They're more civilized now. That's why they're always misreading these radical groups like the Taliban. And three, they believe they should rule over you. But back to number one, no love of country. The Biden administration screwed this whole thing up. It's really bad. We have civilians in danger. They're not interested in the civilians in danger. I mean only up to the extent where it helps them politically or doesn't hurt them politically. That's what I've tried to explain. It it, it will help you understand these people so much if you understand they're not sitting around a big table right now, a big boardroom saying, oh, we have all these civilians. Oh, I love America and I love Americans. We have to do everything we can to get those citizens out. That's, That's what you'd be saying. That's what I'd be saying. They're sitting around a table. Oh, don't get me wrong. They're, they're in tables and they're in meetings right now. And what are they saying? Mm. Have you seen the poll numbers? Hey, what are, what's our approval rating with the middle-aged women? Uh, uh, Bob, how are we doing with minorities? Okay, we'll have to adjust the messaging there. I hope Afghanistan doesn't hurt us in the midterms. That's how these sociopaths think. There's never a love of country because they don't come from that base. They only think about themselves. Here's Joe Biden still defending his decision. Let me tell you, you're sitting in Beijing, you're sitting in Moscow. Are you happy we left? (laughs) They'd love nothing better for us to continue to be bogged down there, totally occupied with what's going on. So the idea, this is, I think that history is going to record. This was the logical, rational, and right decision to make. Which, of course, it wasn't. Everyone knows that. Getting out of Afghanistan, yeah, we should have got out of about 2002. Of course, getting out of Afghanistan was the right thing. You take your civilians out first. You either take your equipment out too or destroy it. Then you leave. There's a way to go about things. And just so everyone understands, the reason they didn't, it's not because they didn't know. They knew the civilians were there. They knew the equipment was there. Remember back to what we were just talking about? No love of country. 
They didn't care about getting out of Afghanistan. They don't care about history or doing the right thing. They cared about politics. The 20th anniversary of September 11th is coming up. They wanted a political win. They looked over at Afghanistan and they didn't see our troops. They didn't see our equipment. They didn't see our place on the world stage because they don't think in those terms. You think in those terms. They looked at Afghanistan and thought to themselves, hmm, what would look good in a commercial for September 11th? That anniversary is coming up and they made a political decision because everything is political now. And the world's laughing at us. I mean, you remember the iconic photo from World War II, the Marines in Iwo Jima raising the American flag on Mount Sarabachi. You remember that? Yeah, that's the one on the right you're looking at right now. The one on the left, that's the Taliban wearing, obviously, our gear, mocking us, hoisting up their flag. I know that's not the end of the world as a social media post, right? But we are sitting there in country with 6,000 of our troops, and they still think we're so weak and pathetic, they're openly mocking us repeatedly. That's how far we've fallen. And somebody has to go down, right? You and I, we have to have accountability at all times. Oftentimes it should be personal accountability most of the time, right? All the 10 million times I've screwed something up in my life, uh, about 9,999,999 of those were all my fault, 100%. Accountability is how nations thrive. It's how businesses thrive. It's how you, you thrive in your family. Joe Biden came out, announced he doesn't have any plans to fire anybody. Nobody. Imagine being embarrassed like this and looking around at your entire team and saying, you know, Good job, everybody. You know what? Everybody, everybody gets perfect tens on their progress reports this year. I think we really nailed this. That's how bad things are. And I mean, Anthony Blinken, my word. How this guy still has a job, I'll never know. Does the president not know what's going on? This is an incredibly emotional time uh, for, for many of us. I'm sorry? (laughs) What? What? Does the president not know what's going on? Because remember, Joe Biden's gone on TV, and he keeps getting up there and saying things that are just not true. I mean, he's saying gravity doesn't exist. There are facts, and there are not facts. He's saying things that are not true. Anthony Blinken is asked about this. Does he not know what's going on? And his response is, this is an emotional time? (laughs) What? What? That that sounds like a a teenage girl who didn't do her history homework. Hey, did you not do your history homework? Dad, this is an emotional time. (laughs) We're run by children. We're run by children. And Joe Biden, look, job approval is in free fall. The American people are embarrassed. Remember, people don't like to be embarrassed. No matter where you stand, Republican, Democrat, embarrassment is one of those things. And everybody knows, everyone can see now, we've been embarrassed on the world stage. Joe Biden, (laughs) he's not worried about it. A majority of Americans, and forgive me, I'm just the messenger, no longer consider you to be competent, focused, or effective in the job. I haven't seen that poll. It's out there um, from CBS this morning. Um, What would you say? 
I just want to point something out here, and I realize no one else is talking about this, but I'm actually going to play this again for you real quickly here, too. What is with the American media? What, the, reporter, the reporter in a country that has a free press, he can stand in front of the president who has bungled everything he's done, brings up a poll about the president, and he has to say, forgive me, I'm just the messenger. These people are so pathetic. A majority of Americans, and forgive me, I'm just the messenger, no longer consider you to be competent, focused, or effective in the job. I haven't seen that poll. It's out there um, from CBS this morning. Um, what would you say? And last but not least, let's not forget about Kamala Harris. And I want you to understand something as you watch this video. It's been making the rounds for 24 hours now. <laughs> She's asked a question about Afghanistan and starts laughing. Kamala Harris is always laughing in awkward moments because this human being is a complete blank slate with no core belief system whatsoever, none. Don't, 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 don't kid yourself and think she's a far leftist either. If Kamala, if Kamala Harris thought the path to power was uh, being to the right of me, she'd be there tomorrow. This person is a blank slate who only wants the next big thing. One of those ambitious people, that's why she gets uncomfortable and cackles like a hyena every time she's asked a question. She's so focused on Afghanistan, that's her getting off a plane in Asia, but not in Afghanistan. <laughs> Gosh, all that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We got Jack Posobiec coming on next, but first you and I have to talk about home title theft. Do you own a home? If you own a home, as you're sitting here watching me, you might already be a victim of home title theft and you wouldn't even know it. That's what makes this crime so terrible. You don't even find out for 60, 90 days. You start getting eviction notices in the mail. That's real. It's happening to people across the country. Go to HomeTitleLock.com right now because they have a free offer for you. A free offer. If you go there right now, you can put in your address and check and see if you're already a victim. You might be. It's a $100 value. They're doing it for free right now for my viewers. HomeTitleLock.com. While you're there, sign up. Sign up and protect yourself. They'll detect any tampering and shut it down like that. We'll be back. I can't uh, think of anyone better to lead this operation than, than uh, uh, Deanne uh, uh, Chriswell of, uh, of FEMA. Clearly. 
Joining me now to talk about the mental state of the president, Afghanistan, Antifa, and many other things is Jack Posobiec, former Naval Intel officer, editor, senior editor at Human Events, and author of the book Antifa, which I would highly recommend. Jack, all right, obviously we've all had a million laughs at Joe Biden's expense because the president can't form complete sentences, but you've got better sources than anyone I've ever known inside this White House. What actually is the concern there? Is, is he really as bad behind the scenes as he is in front of the camera? Well, Jesse, I'd just like to say it's great to be here on the, um, on the uh, sh show. <laughs> <laughs> no, so what's going on behind the scenes at the White House right now is something that's really been happening for months at this point. And the idea was this sort of Faustian bargain that if they can get this guy, you know, one or two events a day, make sure to hold them kind of in the middle of the day. You notice he doesn't really do evening events. He doesn't have primetime addresses. They always seem to come in the mid afternoon or the early afternoon, right? There's no late time, primetime events with this president. All of a sudden, whereas with uh, with Trump, Obama, Bush, et cetera, you would always have the, you know, the ubiquitous primetime event. This is because he doesn't do well after a certain time, right? They call it sundowning. They know what's going on behind the scenes. They know that he's having trouble remembering names. And they also know that he's starting to, as the pressure mounts, as the stress is mounting up to him. Remember, we kept being told he's going back to Wilmington. He's going back to Wilmington. What president in the right mind, you know, no staff is making that call, say, hey, if you let's head back to Wilmington, Mr. President, if, you know, who cares? It's a crisis. Look, uh, people like Ron Klain on his staff, people that are around him, they know that it looks bad. He's the one who's saying he wants to go back. He keeps telling them, if I could just get, you know, a couple of good nights in while I'm at Wilmington, while I can get some rest, get some sleep while I'm there, then I'll be back, then I'll be rejuvenated. Remember, he was a commuter for all the years that he was a senator and for a large amount of the time that he was the vice president as well, going back and forth from Wilmington, obviously not that far from Washington, D.C. Um, he's now having trouble sleeping in the White House. He's telling people he's the one driving that, trying to go back to Wilmington. They send all the press out. I actually think it's kind of funny. They send all the press out uh, for a departure, acting like they're going to go back, and then they keep pulling them back. It happened three times last week. This is going on because he is not well behind the scenes. The British are making fun of it. They're saying it publicly. You've got British ministers that are coming out saying this. Macron basically coming across on the phone call where, you know, it had to be um, scrubbed on the U.S. readout of the call. But in the French readout of the call, he was very clear. He said, "You, we feel like you've abandoned us uh, and you've collapsed completely in terms of your commitments to the fight and just really in your collaboration with us. So we need to find out what's going on. This was a, sort of a rumor that was going around the G7. Now it's out in public for all to see. Okay, our, our foreign allies, Macron and others, are they under the impression we are weak, incompetent, flat out against them now? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to gauge what exactly is the mood when it comes to how our allies are looking at us right now across the world. Well, the mood really is incompetence, right? You know, sort of there was this joke behind the scenes before that, okay, well, you know, Biden's the, you know, he's there, the Yeltsin of the United States, right? He's up there, but at least maybe there'll be some people around him who are the adults in the room making decisions and we can deal with them. And we didn't like the Trump people because they were too nationalist and populist and we didn't like their politics and they wanted to, you know, vet refugees instead of just bring them in by the shovel load. And so uh, now the problem is, is that they're realizing that it's not just Joe Biden. Biden, it's actually a complete incompetence across the U.S. 
government writ large with him as the not just the figurehead he's the tip of the spear when it comes to the incompetence and so you'd think the buck would stop somewhere because we know it doesn't stop with joe biden Okay, Jack, I've been arguing that, uh, yes, obviously incompetence comes into play because these people have only ever lived in academia. They don't understand the real world because they've never been in the real world. But beyond that, there's just a serious lack of patriotism. There's no love of country, so they approach every decision they make from a political standpoint because America is never a consideration. Is my office on that? No, I mean, America to them is a collection of international agreements. It's the legal system. It's our our justices. You know, America is a symbol to them in many ways, but it's not a real country filled with actual people. And you can see this, by the way, in some of the comments lately from never Trumpers and former Republicans like the CIA, uh, uh, former General Michael Hayden, who was heading of the CIA, saying that we should ship Trumpers back to Afghanistan or um, guys like Tom Nichols coming out and saying, you know, I hate the base of both parties. Well, if you hate Republicans and Democrats, then what exactly, who do you think it is that you're trying to represent, sir? The people of this country are the ones who live here that are facing these problems, that have to deal with your lockdowns, that are the ones sent overseas when you tell them to go fight, and they'll gladly do so and willingly do so if you tell them it's for our national security and defense of their home. But these are the ones that you are now turning around and saying that you despise, right? So who exactly is it they represent? And that's why when I say America is symbolic to them, that's what I'm talking about. It's, it's, it's an avatar. It's not an actual place with people who live there. You've been all over the feud between the Harris camp and the Biden camp. Everybody and their brother knows these two hate each other, but what they don't realize is how bad it is behind the scenes. I'm assuming this whole Afghanistan fiasco has only deepened that rift. Well, absolutely. You know, you saw that last week with it was really a stunning moment where I said, look, I I used to call it a shade war, you know, throwing shade at each other. Now it's going hot. She usually comes out with him when he's going to make a statement, right? We were told for months it's the Biden-Harris administration, Biden-Harris, Biden-Harris, right? But then all of a sudden, in the darkest hour of his presidency so far, right, in the Afghanistan debacle, when he, he's hauled back to the White House, they prop him up in front of the cameras. He says, Kamala, will you at least come out with me and just stand there? And she said, no. This was the first time that she stood backstage and watched from the green room rather than stand there with Joe Biden and do that sort of co-presidency thing. Then later, finally, when you see a picture of them together, she's kind of got, you know, she's making a certain finger gesture, hand gesture uh, in the back of the picture that does not exactly look like she wants to be there. That's all bubbling to the surface of what's happening behind the scenes, because really, the person who is happiest right now to be out of the country is Kamala Harris because she's out in in uh, uh, Vietnam, she's in Singapore, she's doing this Asia trip. She wants nothing to do with this because prior to Afghanistan, they had been trying to pin all the no-win situations on her, right? They were giving her the border, they were giving her the, uh, they were trying to give her the eviction moratorium situation, which of course the left is really mad about. They were then going to try to put this on her and, and uh, you know, there's this comment that's been floating around saying, she's saying, I'm gonna pin that one on me. So she was out as fast as possible. You know, a lot of people might've wanted to cancel Cancel that trip, not Kamala Harris. All right, Afghanistan. As it pertains to this White House, what is the plan? I understand they don't have a plan per se as far as a patriotic plan, but I'm sure they have a political plan. What Every day I wake up and I see them making mistakes that I think make them look terrible politically to the country. Are they going to try to run out the clock? What is the plan? So 
Right now, what we're hearing is um, essentially the idea is whether or not they are going to continue to stay at Kabul or a potential option of retaking Bagram. That's, of course, been discussed publicly. It's also been discussed privately. We're starting to hear now more indications, actually, from Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin's camp that he's sick of being thrown under the bus, sick of being the one who's pinned with this because he's had, you know, a pretty... Uh, pretty good career, at least on paper, up until now. Now suddenly he's, you know, pinned with this face as the face of this disaster, him and Millie. And so we've actually heard a lot from Austin's camp that he wants to do something quite large and like go after Bagram, retake that, be able to go in there, use that airfield. Now you've got a fully fortified military airfield with the with the um, uh, the runway on it that you will be able to control. He wants to go in and do that. Biden and the political side, they're the ones saying, well, you know, we just don't know if we want to do that. You're also hearing situations where people are talking about going out in onesie twosies, like we saw with this air, uh, this helicopter raid over the weekend, where they'll be going out with helicopters, Chinooks and small forces, probably, you know, a couple of fire teams going out there, secure uh, a group of linguists or a group of people in their family. These are the interpreters you're hearing about. Get them on the aircraft and then get them back as fast as possible with um, not fixing the rotor wing. And so, you know, those types of things, obviously also very risky. So a lot of not very good options on the table right now. Amen. Jack, thank you so much, my brother. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Jesse. Always a pleasure. It's not good. And the problem is there's not a horizon. I mean, there's nothing There's nothing to look forward to right now. It's not like we have some destination. We just are twisting in the wind. Look, we're still going to talk to Matt Salmon about this. I'm anxious to hear exactly what he has to say. But first and foremost, you dip? Do you smoke? Have you given up trying to quit? If you have, I understand. I did at one point in time because I dipped forever. Everyone knows I dipped forever. Started even before I joined the Marines, then all through the Marines. And when I was done with the Marines, it was just something I did for years and years and years. So I kept trying to quit. I got to that point I wanted to quit, and I couldn't do it. It just had become part of my routine. Jake's Mint Chew is what works because it allows me to keep that routine. If I eat a meal and want a dip or a smoke, if you're a smoker, okay, have a dip. Make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew because it's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. They have 11 different flavors of long cuts. They have actually four different flavors of CBD pouches, which helps take that edge off when you're trying to quit. Go to jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE. It'll get you 10% off. We'll be right back with Matt Salmon. together together as the United States of America so please get vaccinated today God bless you all and may God protect our troops thank you well that has become a pretty common scene in this country we are in the middle of the biggest foreign policy debacle since Vietnam the president strolls away after talking about COVID and he's asked about Afghanistan. Joining me now to talk about that and other things is Arizona gubernatorial candidate, friend of mine and a really good dude, Matt Salmon. Matt, um, is it incompetence? Is it no love of country? Look, you know these people. What are we looking at right now? Is it both? He's an idiot. I mean, that's the fact. He's an idiot. <laughs> um, you know, he, he has no clue what he's doing. 
And uh, you know, I, I served with Joe Biden. He's never had a compass. Uh, he, he, he doesn't really have any uh, policy chops for anything. Uh, and, and, you know, over the years, every time one of the liberals in his caucus takes a position, he says, me too. He doesn't, he just doesn't have a rudder. And it's very, very frustrating. And right now it's costing us dearly as a nation. It's costing us globally because our, our friends and our allies are wondering what the heck's going on with us, uh, whether they can trust us in the future. Uh, the president of China, Xi Jinping, is jumping all over this and trying to threaten Taiwan, saying, look how uh, how terrible the United States is as an ally. They don't back their friends. Uh, that's what's going to happen to you. Uh, the same thing, uh, you know, it could be true with uh, Putin and uh, dealing with uh, our, our, all of our enemies abroad, uh, you know, the, the, the North Korea, all of them. And, and, and it's frightening because uh, all he's sending out is a message of total weakness. Can you explain the China angle right now? Because everybody I know who actually knows about this stuff, yourself included, brings up China when we're talking about what's going on right now. Why? Why is China looking at this and thinking, hey, maybe it's time to gobble up some of the weaker sheep? Because uh, they use propaganda every chance they get. And when they see a chink in the armor, they're going to try to exploit it. And I think it's uh, pretty clear that how we handled uh, the move out, uh, pull out in Afghanistan was an abysmal failure and an embarrassment uh, for our country. And I think that they're seizing on any opportunity that we that they can. Uh, he was uh, in the news uh, last week, right after the you know the debacle at the airport, uh, saying, "Look what kind of a weak uh, uh, ally the United States is. You just can't count on them." And uh, you know, when Trump was in, in, in office, uh, nobody would have even contemplated a screw up like this. And China uh, was silent because they knew that he was going to stand up to them. Uh, you know, they've been stealing our IP, stealing our jobs, doing everything they can to get in the, you know, get in the face of the U.S. And Trump, uh, he stared them down and, and uh, uh, backed them down on the trade war. And, you know, for, for years and years and years, we've had this horrible uh, deficit with China. Uh, and uh, Trump is the only president I can remember in my lifetime that's actually uh, narrowed that deficit. Okay, do we have the military capability or, or will, or probably neither, to stop China if they decide they want to just take Taiwan tomorrow? What's stopping them in all seriousness? Can we? Are we there? Or can NATO get involved? How do we stop this? Well, I think first and foremost, we have to tell China that any kind of aggression on our allies is aggression against us. You know, uh, Jesse, you know, having served in the military, that we've had strong uh, bilateral relationship with Taiwan for a long time. We've been doing military sales to them. Uh, in 1979, we passed the Taiwan Relations Act. It's a, it's a free uh, democracy there where they freely elect their, uh, their representatives as well as their president. And if we turn our backs on our allies, uh, we have no credibility. Going, going forward. Look, I, I do still believe we have a strong and a great military. Biden hasn't completely ruined that yet. Some of the people that he's put in place, I think, have mixed priorities. They have wrong priorities. Instead of peace through strength, their ideas, uh, you know, talking about uh, critical race theory and some of the other stupid things that they've been uh, trying to shove down the throats of our military. But um, 
you know, we, we who are conservatives, we've got to stand up and fight. We've got to speak loudly. Uh, I mean, that's why I'm running for governor, because I, I think Washington, D.C. right now is a lost cause. And we're going to have to have strong leaders all across the country standing up and fighting back against the federal government, against its encroachment into virtually every aspect of our lives, against all the spending that they're doing, against the stupid things uh, that they're trying to shove down our throats. Just recently, the Department of Justice uh, opened an investigation on our police department in the city of Phoenix. And it's just another mechanism for defunding the police. It's just one thing after another, Jesse. And, and um, they want to do everything they can to weaken uh, the states. And we have to have strong governors like, you know, Governor DeSantis, Governor Abbott, Governor Nome, uh, standing up and, and saying, you know what, uh, there is a 10th Amendment to the Constitution. We're not going to stand here and take it. We're going to fight you on it. We're going to stand up and fight for our states. We have uh, our founding fathers envisioned that the, re the real seat of power in this country was coming from the states and the people. That's why they created the 10th Amendment to the Constitution. We got to stand up and assert that and fight with everything we got, because right now the federal government has totally lost its way. Amen. All right. Speaking of encroachment, Trump had a big rally in Alabama this weekend, issued some warnings about the southern border. Here's a video. In a matter of mere months, Biden has thrown our southern border wide open. When I left office, we handed the new administration the most secure border in U.S. history, and they turned it into the greatest border disaster in American history, probably anywhere in the world. You know, they're emptying their prisons out into our country. And I'm not just talking about Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, Mexico. I'm talking about Middle Eastern countries. Yemen, people are coming in from Yemen. Our country will, will really be in trouble. Matt, I know you all are feeling it in Arizona. I know we sure are in Texas. Yeah, it's, uh, it's beyond a crisis. I've been down on our southern border with our border sheriffs uh, in Yuma, in Sierra Vista, uh, down in uh, Cochise County, where I know you're very familiar with the folks down there. And uh, the border apprehensions have just gone through the roof. And that's the ones that we know of. Uh, the, the ones that are getting by are even ex exponentially more uh, dangerous. And uh, right now there's no uh, policy decision at all. Nobody's being tested for COVID as they're coming across the borders. We know that more and more people with infections are getting across the border. It's just, it's just nuts. And uh, uh, we're taking the brunt of a lot of that. We, the border states, us, Texas, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're getting, and California, we're getting hit with the brunt of it. And uh, our folks are wondering when it's gonna stop. I guess if there is any silver uh, lining in this uh, dark cloud, it is that uh, Biden has been the best recruiter of Republican uh, voters I've ever seen in my life. A lot of people are uh, standing up, they're mad as hell, and they're willing to uh, do whatever they have to to fight to protect our borders. Our borders uh, are sovereign too, and we have a right to protect them. In fact, uh, Jesse, when I get elected governor, the first press conference I'm gonna do is uh, with me with a post hole digger on the border, and I'm gonna talk about if the federal government's not gonna get it done, then we're gonna, like Governor Abbott in Texas, we're gonna get it done. We're gonna figure out a way to pay for that in the state, and we're gonna get it done. And we'll go all the way up to the Supreme Court if we have to, because we have a right under Article 4 of the Constitution, uh, Section 4, to protect our own borders. We have a right. We're being invaded right now. And we got to do everything we can to stand up for our sovereignty as well and the rule of law. Yeah, well, we sure do. Matt Salmon, good luck. Best of luck to you. I hope it's Governor Salmon next time you and I talk. Hey, thanks, Jesse. Great seeing you again. Be good. Take care. Good dude right there. Good dude. All right.
I know you carry, or at least you're working on carrying. I, my emails blow up with this all the time. Jesse, I'm buying my first weapon. Jesse, I'm going to start carrying, and that is awesome. I applaud you for that move. I'll never, ever look down on you for it. Go. Learn how to use a weapon. Learn how to use it safely first. Safety first. Then make sure you spend some time at the range. Make sure you're proficient with your weapon. But when you're done with all that, You've taken the time for safety. You've taken the time for training. You got the weapon. You got the ammo. If you can afford ammo these days, the holster matters too. In fact, if the holster fails at the worst time, you're dead. So you could almost say the holster matters most. Don't get some bulk-made piece of garbage. Get a custom holster from Northwest Retention Systems. Custom holster made in America by Americans. And... They have the coolest designs out there. Go check out everything they have at nwretention.com. And I'm going to save you some cash. If you use the promo code JESSE, you get 10% off. Go get your holster. Get your scout chest holster. Get your mag holder. Get your belt. nwretention.com. All right. We have COVID madness next. Hang on. Today I'm calling on more country, more companies, I should say, in the private sector to step up with vaccine requirements that will reach millions more people. If you're a business leader, a nonprofit leader, a state or local leader who has been waiting for full FDA approval to require vaccinations, I call on you now to do that. Require it. Do what I did last month. Require your employees to get vaccinated or face strict requirements. Are you creeped out yet? Oh, the, by the way, that was today. In case you were wondering why you woke up this morning and saw the FDA approve the vaccine, that's why. It had nothing to do with whatnot. It just had to do with they wanted more freedom to tell these people to require this and require that. But back to what I just asked. Are you creeped out yet? You should have seen this coming because I told you it was coming. As soon as they started all that pandemic of the unvaccinated talk what did i tell you i came right here right here on i'm right and what did i tell you i said this is step one this has happened a million times throughout history where a country of some kind decides there's a separate lower class of people and that separate lower class of people they're responsible for all the problems in our society that's step one always step one the inevitable step two it is inevitable which i've been warning you about this isn't a surprise to you the inevitable step two in that process is okay we found our separate group of people they're the lower class and responsible for our problems what should we do to them that's all we're in now we're just in that process of Everybody in power, business leaders, government officials, figuring out exactly how much they can punish you and get away with it. I mean, after all, you're the lower class. All these problems right now in America, it's your fault. So they're always figuring out new angles, new ways to punish you. Now, when I asked if you were creeped out yet, allow me to ask it again. Are you creeped out yet? This is the United States of America. We now have mayors, governors, presidents, companies across the country 
openly threatening you with this is what you can do and this is what you can't do and this is what you have to do. Otherwise, otherwise, I'm going to punish you. I'm sorry? And look, I've, I've mentioned this before. I, I used to never understand, because I've always been a history freak, how the worst atrocities in history could happen. When I say I didn't understand how they could happen, I mean, who's the camp guard, right? Who's the guy lining people up against the wall and shooting them? Like, how could, how could anybody get there in their mind? How could you get there? It's women and children just mow them all down. Who's that evil? And I totally get it now. Popped into my head about a year ago. I get it now. You just frighten people. All you have to do is make people scared. Scared people are capable of anything and everything. We spent how much time telling everybody they're all going to die, grandma's going to die, you're going to die, your whole family's going to die, we're all going to die, die, die if you don't do something. Now you've effectively scared enough people into becoming monsters, absolute monsters. Here's the former head of the CIA and NSA saying unvaccinated people <laughs> send them to Afghanistan now I need to clarify this again this is the former head of the CIA and NSA this is not some idiot college kid this is some radical standing on the street corner this man has headed both of the major United States of America intelligence services that man right there Wanting you to get shipped off to Afghanistan? He's read your emails and text messages. He can destroy your life with the snap of his fingers. Who's been telling you? Who's been telling you these people are setting up a system where you are the separate, lower class, responsible for the problems of society, and they're gearing up to do something absolutely awful? I mean, I could go through this list of stories. It's jaw-dropping for you. We have a doctor in Alabama. He's not treating patients who aren't vaccinated. We have a hospital in North Texas. Sorry, only the vaccinated welcome here. Slowly but surely turning people into monsters. I 100% get how history's atrocities happened. I get it. It's all laid out in front of me now. I totally get it. These people, they hate you. Time to protect yourself. It's time to make sure you're protected. All right. That's enough of that garbage out there. We have a light in the mood next. And I just want to say this, and I'm dead serious. Don't try this at home. I understand there's going to be a temptation when you watch this video to try this at home. If you have all the necessary equipment, please don't. Coming up next. I had a thought today. Before I even woke up and found this video, I had a thought today. And you know what that thought was? I was thinking, you know, testosterone is responsible for probably the majority of death and the majority of fun in the history of the world. Would you like to see Exhibit A? Here's Exhibit A. Is that smart? No, it's not smart. Would I do it? Absolutely. All right. I'll see you tomorrow.